Jara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges. Facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bichara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Nurhadi, your house. And I am speaking now with uh, Janet Naden. She is a contract expert and run her own consulting business. Thanks for joining us, Janet, and welcome to Bichara Supply Chain. Thank you very much for having me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in today's episode, uh, we'll be talking about agile in contracts management. But before that, can you please brief a bit by yourself and your professional background? Yes, um, I am a lawyer in the United States by training and background. So I, I uh, teach people how to draft, negotiate, and manage performance and outcome-based contracts. I work with both the procurement side of the house and also support the sales side of the house, sometimes at the same company. So I have a really um, holistic view and approach to drafting, negotiating, and managing contracts. All right. So this is my first question, uh, Janet. Uh, what is meant by the agile process in the context of the uh, contract management? So we want to be able to incorporate changes into the customer supplier relationship mm-hmm. more quickly than in traditional contracts. We're trying to move to in more modern contracts and because we're in the COVID pandemic right now as this is being recorded, we have to be far more flexible. We have to be able to incorporate changes into the customer supplier relationship much more quickly than in a traditional contract modification process, which can take months. Uh, so the agile part is when a customer or a supplier recognizes that there's a need for a contractual change in the relationship, that that change can happen quickly to the benefit of both parties. This is different um, from my perspective because I work completely with contracts than a personality change, for example, where we need to um, change the culture or the personality of the relationship, which doesn't necessarily have to be reflected in the contract. Mm -hmm. All right. And what are some benefits of agile contract management? Uh, Can you please speak a few examples? So with respect to contract management, the first thing we need to understand is that we have to have good scope change language. We have to think about contracts as needing to be changed from the moment that they're initiated. We can't assume that a flat fee fixed price contract for a particular scope of work will never change. That's that so the mindset of needing to change the scope is an important aspect of agile. If you've got a really good scope change mechanism, 
in your contract, then as you need to increase scope or decrease scope, then you can more easily determine what the scope is, the value of the change, how the change And then we want to be able to understand the cost of the increase or the credit for the decrease. So having that language in the contract from the very beginning of the relationship helps establish the mindset that this relationship over time will change. And then here's the structure on how to change it. On the contract management side, I am the co-author of two books in the Vested Outsourcing series. So I've actually written four books. When you have a good governance structure, as described in the Vested methodology and in my books, you also then have the peer-to-peer relationships and the structure of different committees in order to very quickly address problems as they arise within the relationship. So in a vested model, the operational people are paired together in a peer-to-peer pair. Then there's a committee for management level people. And that's your account management on your sales side. That would be the equivalent of a vice president on the buyer side. And your contract professionals also sit at that level. When a peer-to-peer pair between the supplier and the customer cannot solve a problem, then it gets escalated to the management level. The reason an agile contract management structure needs that is there are times when problems happen in the market, in the supply chain, in the greater economy, political instability, natural disasters, that cannot be solved at the peer-to-peer level. And so we have to have a mechanism to be able to very quickly convene a committee to get a resolution. Otherwise, things can languish while one party is waiting for the other party to come together to make a decision. And what is your recommendation on how to create an agile contract management? So a couple thoughts. One is you have to have the mindset, as I mentioned, that contracts will change. And if you can think about how a fabric can flex and move and fold and spread out and things like that, your contract also needs to have quite a bit of flexibility for the duration of the term. The second thing is, is you have to then write in mechanisms for change. So in addition to scope change mechanisms, I've also facilitated uh, annual meetings to rewrite and revise key performance indicators, uh, reporting structures, and then the bonuses for meeting performance targets, or even incentives for reaching stretch performance targets. Those are targets that are beyond what is expected. You know, a two or 3% increase or something like that is a traditional performance target. That's another form of agility, meaning we aren't going to have the same service level agreements or key performance indicators for a five-year agreement. We know that we will have different indicators over the course of the five years. 
because we're in a time of crisis, we might even want to review these on a quarterly basis to make sure that we are accurately tracking supply and demand performance and adjusting as necessary. And then finally, you do have to have a governance structure that is documented somewhere. You do need to understand the peer-to-peer relationship. And then you do have to have a committee that can make decisions above the peer-to-peer pairing. And then we even go one step further invested and we develop an executive committee. And the executive committee is tasked with strategic oversight. Mm -hmm. They develop the strategy for the overall relationship for relationships in duration of five years or greater, sometimes three years if they're introducing innovation. And more importantly, that executive oversight board also has the ability to award stretch bonuses. All right. So um, this is my uh, last question on today's episode. How how to retain flexibility in in the context of contract management to capture uh, opportunities for learning and change that ensure we actually build the right teams? A lot of connection needs to happen between those that write and negotiate the contract and those in business or the end users. Everything in my mindset really comes from the business objectives first. What do all of the stakeholders and all of the end users, whether internal to the buying organization or external to the buying organization, such as consumers, what do they want and need and how quickly do they want and need it? Those business objectives then get translated into the relationship and what the supplier or the market can provide, and then it gets translated into the agreement. The agreement should never lead. The agreement is always the written referee of what the business decisions are. So Mm -hmm. the best agile agreements it within supply chain are those that have very close ties to the actual market and the end users and stakeholders objectives to reach those end users. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the Chara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.